Hello, and welcome to How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. I'm your host, Megan Thompson, licensed clinical professional counselor and registered play therapist supervisor. We at MTC teach parents how to eliminate the daily meltdown and shutdown cycle for your sensitive children and teens. Highly sensitive children make up 15 to 20% of the population, according to research that has been gathered for over a century. And this podcast answers one question. How can you raise emotionally intelligent children, stop walking on eggshells, and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you wanna know the answer, you're in the right place. Hi everybody, I'm Megan Thompson with Megan Thompson Coaching and I am speaking here today to talk a lot about what it looks like going from HSP to, or HSC to HSP. So for those of you who are new to this whole, my child is sensitive and it's actually a thing, um, highly sensitive child, the, the acronym is HSC, and then highly sensitive person refers to anyone other than a child who's highly sensitive. So that's um, sometimes referred to as HSP teens or HS, they don't really call it HST, um, the researcher in the, you know, the field. Um And then it's also just referred to HSPs as adults refer themselves to HSPs. So what a parent in my uh, Facebook group, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja, asked for some perspective on what it looks like for highly sensitive kids as they grow old, grow older, grow up. Um, So it's pretty clear what it looks like to be a highly sensitive child for those of you who are struggling with meltdowns or managing frustrations, low frustration tolerance. If your um, kiddo is really struggling with identifying what to do when they're upset. And um, yeah, so, so what it looks like to be highly sensitive, a lot of the high sensitivity plays out in behaviors, right? Because we I talk a lot about how Behavior is communication. Your child's telling you something through their behavior. And um, so what you see are meltdowns or hitting or kicking or um, screaming or yelling or or tears, just uncontrollable tears um, or persistence, uh, continuously asking the same question over and over and over again to the point where you're ready to say enough. Um, And so that all boils down to struggle managing emotions couple of those emotions might be disappointment or surprise or anger, um, all sorts of things that that we kind of dial in when we learn what your child is expressing uh, individually. But what's important to pay attention to is when parents ask me, you know, where, how is this, the sensitivity going to play out for my child? Um, is that there's several different alternate realities <laughs> to get like fanciful with you. Uh, and it, it all depends on you. It all depends on you as, as your child's parent and um, the, the parenting unit on how your child's life will turn out, which is why I created the Facebook group and branched out into uh, the online space, because um, the research shows that parents who change the way that they parent and change the parent-child relationship um, significantly affect the way that their child develops and grows up to experience the world. So um, I'm going to paint a picture of what it looks like on opposite ends of the spectrum so that you can kind of get an idea 
of why it's so important for you to change the way that you're parenting. But first, I want to talk about what conventional wisdom is talking about um, and what the research says and why what uh, conventional wisdom, why conventional wisdom is not effective for parents of HSCs and why it's risky to think that a good enough parent um, is is going to, you know, your kid's going to turn out just fine. And so that's basically what conventional wisdom says, right? You, you know, you're trying your best. Uh, your pediatrician, your kid's pediatrician might say that, like you're doing all the things. Um, sounds like things are going well. But if your kiddo is displaying the behaviors that I talked about at the beginning, if, you're, if your kiddo is presenting with, with daily meltdowns or multiple times a week meltdowns um, or major behaviors like hitting, kicking, screaming, yelling, um, fighting, uh, constantly asking the same questions to, to indicate that they just aren't getting over it, um, then that is all indicative of a highly sensitive child who is not able to manage their emotions. Now, those questions are fine for two-year-olds or three-year-olds and even four-year-olds. A lot of that behavior is developmentally appropriate. But if it's even at that age, if it's, if it's, taking, if it's happening every day, if it's happening multiple times a day, then it's still not developmentally appropriate. And if you're beyond the age four, um, then your kiddo is struggling. And that is a clear indicator that the parent-child relationship needs some work. So I'm not going to sugarcoat that. You know, you follow my page because you know that I'm blunt. And so I'm not going to, gonna, um, you know, have rose-colored glasses in that respect and, and, and act like the conventional wisdom, which is like you're doing the best you can, you know, keep chugging along. Um, because it really takes a solid mindset to be a parent of a highly sensitive child. And it really takes pretty significant um, perspective and wholehearted perspective on how you want your child to develop. So without that, you will feel like you're, you're trying tools and throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks. And parents of highly sensitive children um, will significantly struggle if that's the the method that you're using or the or the approach you're taking when parenting your highly sensitive kid, conventional wisdom will say like you know try everything you can, address everything you can, um, you know if it, it's working great, keep chugging along. And um, what the research shows is that if you're not so solid in your positive parenting strategies and solid in a positive relationship where you feel like you can understand your child where you consistently feel connected to the point where you understand your child's emotions, where you consistently feel like you know what your child is feeling, why your child is feeling that, and how to help them move through that emotion, not move out of it. So I talk about that a lot, like you're, you're helping your child cross the river, not pulling them out of the river of their deep emotions. Um, then that is a clear indicator that the parent-child relationship needs to change, that you need to do something different. So the research shows that parents who are, have made significant changes in that relationship, um, who, who do come from a different perspective than typical parenting or especially traditional parenting strategies, their highly sensitive child will thrive. So what is more developmentally appropriate for highly sensitive children is feelings, big feelings, like that's not going to go away. But being able to express them more effectively is absolutely something that you can expect of your highly sensitive child. So finding out their intense emotions, naming them ahead of time, and not having a meltdown um, is definitely something that your highly sensitive child is capable of beyond age four. And so, and even sporadically before age four. 
So I want to ensure that you are um, on the right track if you're paying attention to what I have to say, because this is really important for you to, to recognize, because I hear so often from parents who get on calls with me that their other professionals will say, like, we just need to ride it out. Um, you're doing the best you can. And this is not something that, you know, th this is something that will, will change with maturity and it's BS. So, um, f for a couple of reasons, because if this is the way that you're experiencing in life for the last couple of years, then you're going to, that pattern is just going to continue. And you were not put on this earth to raise kids to just ride it out till they were 18. Like you chose to have children for a reason. You had dreams for that child, for your family. And so I'm here to help you realize those dreams and, and, and make some changes in the way that you parent your kid. And so that's enough about what the research says about what, um, what highly sensitive children look like as kids compared to what conventional wisdom says that, that, you know, you're just kind of like riding it out and dealing with the sensitivities and dealing with the meltdowns until they mature. Um, but I want to talk more next about um, what it looks like for your child to grow old, older than than where they're at at this point. And so that's the next part. We're going to talk about that, uh, the alternate realities a little bit more significantly as, as we, we go in. So to recap, we talked about um, the that highly sensitive children will always stay highly sensitive. It's just a matter of how they express that sensitivity, how they deal with that sensitivity, and how they process the information from the world in healthy ways. Um, so you go from being a highly sensitive child to being a highly sensitive person as an adult. And there's two different, two different major polarities, two different major ways to, um, to see this play out. And then, you know, some kids end up in the middle, but it's really important to recognize that highly sensitive children are much more susceptible to struggle much more susceptible to struggle with their emotions and with managing impulsive behavior as teens and uh, much more susceptible to engaging in risky behaviors than non-highly sensitive kids. So when you think about it, um, while being highly sensitive is 20% of the population, 50% of people who end up in therapy long-term are highly sensitive. So that's pretty trippy, right? Like half of this population is going to end up going to therapy if you're not changing the way that you parent your kid. So, um, uh, you know, and, and most of you know that I'm also a therapist, so I'm not saying therapy is bad. But if you think about it, like, let's think about the reason why people go to therapy. People go to therapy because something's not functioning properly. Um, people go to therapy because their life is dysfunctional. Um, they don't go to therapy to like be a better person. That's what coaching is for. They go to therapy because something's broken and they need to work on it. But what I say all the time is that your child is not broken. Your child is not broken. Being highly sensitive is not a flaw. Uh, it's currently a challenge with what's going the way, the way it's going right now, but it is not a flaw. And there are many, many strengths that we need to work on helping your child actualize that you see on a occasional basis or, for those of you who are, are working hard and, and um, are able to manage your child's emotions effectively, see it much more regularly. But as teens, your kid could go one of two ways. Um, and like I said, it's always on a spectrum. But uh, for, for the sake of time, we'll, we'll go with the, you know, the, the dream and the nightmare. And, and so the nightmare is that your child will end up being impulsive and, and use drugs and alcohol to escape their emotions because they already at, at five, six, seven, eight don't want to talk about them. 
they already at five, six, seven, eight will shy away from dealing with it when, um, when you try to pull it out of them, it feels like pulling teeth. So if, if things don't change in the way that you address your child at this age, that pattern is likely to continue. So children grow into teens who escape their emotions in other ways. They escape them by not um, paying attention to their responsibilities. They escape them by uh, self-medicating through drugs and alcohol, which is different than um, than just normal teen experimenting behavior. So like normal teens experimenting behavior is like occasionally having drinks or um, smoking weed at a party. But um, people who escape their emotions through drugs or alcohol, they're doing it regularly. They seek it out to uh, escape from their life. They also um, engage in more binge drinking or more binge uh, activities. And they also go to harder uh, drugs faster. Um, and, and so when you want to think about like what's normal versus what what's, what's needs help, um, more professional assistance, that's what I teach in my private practice for parents of highly sensitive teens. Um, normal is, is experimentation, um, trying to figure out limits, trying to figure out what's right from wrong, trying to figure out what mom and dad will permit or what, you know, what, what people will allow in society, but then still maintaining all their responsibilities, still being able to get up and go to school, still being able to manage, um, any expectations like complaining for chores, but still getting them done. Um, but if, if, you know, for highly sensitive teens who don't manage their emotions, they start going to school. They um, engage in risky sex, sexual acts. They um, look for connection that is missing um, by um, finding um, other people who they can connect intimately with and, and so ha start having sex at an earlier age um, and more frequent age, uh, I mean, more frequent um, occurrences, more spontaneous, uh, like one night stands and such. Um, but then, you know, the extreme regret that comes from from that usually, especially if you're a teenager, um, you're not able to separate that as some adults are. Um, and so there's a lot of uh, devastating emotions that come from from after that. But then the avoidance of that emotion then gets them back into the same cycle. So that cycle is the same regardless of the behavior. And so I think that's what's really important in, in my work with with you guys as, as parents is that what we're talking about is not the behavior. We're not talking about like whether or not your kid's yelling, hitting, or slapping today. What we're talking about is how your what's beneath the surface. What is your child communicating to you? Is your child communicating that they don't know how to manage their feelings? And if that's the case, then that pattern will continue unless they break that pattern. Um, and you are the key person who will help them break that pattern. Highly sensitive children really struggle with generalization. So what that means is that they might learn a skill in one environment, but not be able to play play that skill out in other environments. And parents are the key um, to unlocking that that challenge for highly sensitive children. So um, it's why a lot of parents who come to me are like, my kid knows what they're doing. My kid knows what's happening um, here and, you know, just trying to manipulate me or trying to pull the wool over my eyes or just trying to... Um, just trying to get, I lost my train of thought, but you get what I'm saying. I'll keep going. Cause I know I'm, this is, this is a long one. Cause it's a big, I mean, we're projecting life, right? So uh, 15 minutes is a, is a long time to be going, but um, you get the point like where you're seeing and you're confused by the fact that your child's able to pan, um, use one skill in one situation and not use it in another. 
And and that is because there's an underlying issue here. The, the underlying issue is the inability to manage the emotion. And when you're able to manage your emotion, then you're able to be a creative problem solver in multiple areas of life um, versus like sucking it up and holding it in in school or sucking it up and holding it in at like your best friend's mom's house because you love your best friend and you don't want to disappoint her. Um, so that's why there's a dis- disconnect um, that a lot of parents will see. And and so. I want to move on to, you know, we were talking about teens, how this moves into the age um, for highly sensitive children whose parents are able to manage and validate and, and understand their kids' emotions and help them shift and process those emotions effectively. And by the time they become teens, they're the quirky, amazing, um, you know, typical teenager with big feelings. So the big feelings part and the easy, easily overstimulated part doesn't go away, but they're able to notice a lot more frequently and easily where they need to set limits. So that strong moral compass that your highly sensitive child is born with, um, it sets them on an effective path to say, you know, this isn't right. This isn't what I want to do. So they're like very empathetic and stand up for the underdog. And they're able to manage and talk about, talk about with you um, when their peers are making ineffective choices and why that's happening and what they decided to do about it or why they, you know, wonder why it's, why their, you know, other teens will do bad things or wrong things um, rather than just like holding it all in and like watching and waiting and wondering like what's up with them or like why they don't feel connected to their peers. Um, highly sensitive teens who are able to, to manage their emotions are also able to feel capable and confident and so- solid in their ability to realize their own dreams. So whether it is that they want to be Beyonce or they want to be, you know, a lawyer or they want to be um, um, a doctor or or a carpenter or a skilled artist, they feel solid in their capacity to do that, which type of mindset you need to have. And that's unabashed certainty that your child can do it. And your child feeds off of you from that. And, um, throughout time, if they get that message that you're not sure, you don't really know if they'll make it, uh, then that will become more ingrained for them as teenagers. So teens who are struggling will end up um, questioning their ability and it can lead to uh, loss of hope and and, um, loss of motivation. And so um, with that said, we see a lot of parents who, or I, you know, I work with a lot of parents who, who've heard from other parents of highly sensitive teens that uh, their kid grows out of it. Or like in, in, at the teenage age, the sensitivities, like the physical sensitivities or um, the sensation sensitivities, like loud music or um, like itchy clothing and stuff. Um, that is, takes a back seat to, peer acceptance. So what this means is that um, we, we all know adolescents want to please their peers. That is a developmental stage. Um, it is really important to be accepted by peers at the, during the teenage years, during the adolescent years. And so what research has shown is that the sensitivity doesn't go away. It just gets like down one rung. <laughs> it just goes down one rung on the the list of of priorities because it's such a compulsion for adolescents to feel connected to their peers um not a that's not a dysfunctional thing it's just i'm just trying to um 
exude the the level of of emotion that your teen feels or your highly sensitive child who will then become a teen will feel um, to to please or to be accepted by the peer group. And when that becomes the case, then it's just like food when you're hungry, like there's nothing else that's going to stand in your way. and so they will deny or or dull down or like look through or look move over um the tactile sensitivity of like this really cool shirt or whatever as an example and um but what the research also shows is that as adults those sensitivities come back um they become more of a you know more aware of it and highly sensitive people highly sensitive adults are um more cognizant and that's more of a of a priority at this point now that the you know the peer importance has kind of leveled out um and so then it poses another problem as adults if you haven't determined or 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 learned the ability to manage overwhelmed sensitivity then you will continue to struggle with it as adu- as adults so that might be like bright lights at work um, or it might be, you know, those starts, those starts, those types of things will start to bother adults again. Um, and, and that impacts the ability to be successful. And if, if that is one key contributor or one contributor to the things that overwhelm your, your teen, who's now an adult, um, then it just adds to the pile. If you're, if you're, highly sensitive child never learned how to deal with disappointment, how to set reasonable expectations, how to manage uh, frustration and how to communicate their needs to their peers. Um, Because when you throw them into a corporate world and like the bright lights, you know, it just becomes like work is overwhelming and they're unable to manage or name all of the things that overwhelm them. And so highly sensitive adults still need the brain training, but at that point they're doing it on their own or they're, they're trying to find it um, on their own. And then they're going to therapy and, um, or working with a coach at that point. And, and it's harder because it's more ingrained, um, challenges at that point. So, uh, but highly sensitive people who have discovered what their limits are, who have noticed how to set boundaries safely, who have, um, have decided not to be people pleasers, even though that's their inclination because of that empathy that they feel, um, they are able to set effective boundaries, are able to, you know, work in the world and hold down a, a, um, a, an amazing job, find the job that, that lights their fire and, and make it, um, you know, make it profitable. And then um, and then feel feel one with the world like there's a purpose in life. And that's what we want. Right. You want to raise a child who feels like they have a purpose, who feels capable of meeting that purpose and who is capable of meeting that purpose demonstrates that capability throughout their life. And so when you think about those things and how, you know, if I want to kind of like bring us back in time and where you're at now, I want you to think about, um, can you project that future for your child? Can you project that that is the, that is the path you're on, like the yellow brick road? Um, are you there? And, um, if you're not, then you definitely need some help and I'm glad that you're watching. And it's also important to see if we would be a good fit to work together directly. Um, but you know, if that's the case, you want to reach out for a call. We'll talk about what the next steps would be for your highly sensitive child. Um, then I'll put the link below on this video, but it's really important to pay attention to what your child needs in this moment 
and whether or not you're meeting that underlying need or if you're just focusing on the surface behavior or the surface complaint. And if that's the case and that's consistent for you, then you need to figure out a way to look below the surface and figure out where your child's needs are lacking and, and how to, to meet those needs more effectively in a positive way so that your child can turn it around because highly sensitive kids, as I've mentioned before, respond more effectively when the, when the parent's relationship is positive and encouraging and, and supportive and connected. Um, they thrive much more effectively and faster in different relationships in different environments. So it's key. Um, you can't sugarcoat it. You can't say, um, you know, keep, keep on chugging. It's something you need to fix now or address now. Um, all right. Well, that's it. Um, again, reach out for a call. I'm looking forward to speaking with you and seeing what it is that you need to, to do to address these issues that you're having with your highly sensitive child. Go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash p backslash talk. And I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you're ready to join a community of parents focused on eliminating the daily meltdown cycle and want more support, be sure to join our free Facebook group, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja, where we provide free video trainings to parents just like you. You can find that in the search bar of Facebook or you can go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash parenting highly sensitive child. Thank you and have a wonderful day.